listening to the Link Through Social Tech and App Show on Listen Up Talk Radio. Yep, we talk apps, we talk social media, and we talk tech every week. Now here's your host, Paul Wright. Welcome to another edition of the Link Through Social Media Tech and App Show on Listen Up Talk Radio. We encourage you to interact and keep the conversation going on Twitter using hashtag LTS Radio. We want to hear from you, so tweet your comments, questions, and show ideas. Let's build our online community. On today's show, we talk about a portable blood test in a box to give instant diagnosis. Plus, after recent terror attacks and Twitter hack, some military spouses say they're changing their behavior on social media. And we will tell you about no hair selfie. All of that and much more on LTS Radio. We'll be back after these short messages. music you'll hear on Out of the Blue will be jazz for the most part. No specific styles or genres. Every piece of music is handpicked to deliver quality performances. Out of the Blue can be heard on rtds.ca, live Mondays 1 to 3 p.m., and encore performances Tuesday to Friday, anytime on demand. It's the true spirit of jazz, a touch of everything and then some. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Green. Welcome back to the Link Through Social Media Tech and App Show. Hey, developers, got a cool app you'd like us to review? Get in touch with us on Twitter at Link Through Social. That's L I N K T H R U Social or at Listen Up Talk. And now back to the show. Welcome back to LTS Radio, where we chat about tech, apps, social media, and the latest gadgets. I'm joined by producer Todd Miller. How are you today, Todd? Doing excellent, sir. Yourself? I'm very well. Very well, thanks. Glad you could join us here uh, here on LTS Radio. Uh, just to uh, let you know, next week I've come up with an idea. I'm uh, I'm, I'm a big Dragon's Den and and uh, Shark Tank uh, fan. Did, did you are you a fan of those shows, Tom? I am. I like uh, I like them both. They're a little different, but uh, uh, great fun. Well, we're gonna send out some uh, tweets and and Facebook posts this week. To encourage people who have a uh, you know a, a small invention that they're looking to uh, promote or or get out there, uh, we want to hear from you. So we want to uh, interview a, a few of these uh, uh, people next week, and and hopefully uh, when they come on the show, they'll get uh, not the Dragon's Den effect, but the LTS Radio effect. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be nicer, we promise. So we'll make some posts uh, this week about how you can get in contact with us. And uh, we'll uh, have that for our show next Thursday at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. Kevin, looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of bald people. <laughs> mm. Okay. 
let's get right into it. Oh, yeah. boy, I'm digging Kevin O'Leary already. My goodness. Um, actually, this is a, a really good cause, uh, uh, Todd. Uh, to help raise awareness for cancer re- research, um, we are uh, going to see on February 4th, which is World Cancer Day, um, No Hair Selfie. That's the No Hair Selfie movement. Uh, to demonstrate your support for Canadians undergoing cancer treatment by shaving your head or daring someone else to do that on February 4th. Now, if you um, are not brave enough to shave your head, or uh, in some cases, I think uh, present company uh, included, both of us, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> we have no choice, we do. <laughs> um there is a no hair selfie app out there that you can insert your picture and it will uh, make your appearance to look like you have shaved your head and you can submit those as well uh, all in the uh, you know wonderful uh, mission to uh, raise money for uh, cancer so the no hair selfie app Todd I like it I yes. think I might do it because, I mean, I have a patch of hair left, but, you know, yes. I just, I've always wondered, what will it look like if it's gone? There you go. Well, uh, you can go to uh, nohairselfie.com. On there, it uh, has all the uh, instructions of what you have to do and a link to uh, download the app. And um, I think I'm uh, definitely going to do that as well. So what do you say we uh, uh, both do it, Todd? <laughs> Post and- them together. Yep. We post them together, and we'll uh, we'll put them up on our uh, Facebook page here. And we encourage everyone uh, that listens to LTS Radio to do the same uh, for this wonderful cause. And that's on February fourth. And they are using uh, the hashtag No Hair Selfie S E L F I E. So okay, sure you use that when you're making your posts. Okay, now uh, moving on to a, a little more uh, serious topic, uh, Todd. Uh, recently, the U.S. military's uh, Central Command Twitter account was hacked. We uh, alluded to that on last week's show. Um, in all caps, a, a message uh, read that they had put out there, American soldiers, we are coming, watch your back. And uh, it was signed by ISIS. Now, uh, one military wife recalls staying up all night and deleting every Facebook picture of her children, every post that mentioned them, or where they went to school. She Googled herself trying to figure out how easy it would be to find uh, where the family had lived. And in the morning, she went to her car and scraped the military decal off of the front window. It's, it's uh, terrible, uh, the situation she uh, found herself in. Uh, now, as the spouse of a special forces uh, soldier, she always tried to be conscious of how she advertises that she and her three uh, young children are a military family. Uh, Now, though the military has at times struggled with how much freedom its members should have on social media, relatives have wholeheartedly embraced it. Um, You know, they they get moved around to different posts uh, around the world, and uh, they they use social media to stay in contact uh, with each other, uh, you know, with different family members. Uh, they find themselves a difficult situation here. I think instead of using a one-to-many 
uh, social media app like Facebook, I think it might be better to use a one-to-one where you're looking at a Skype or a FaceTime where you're not communicating every detail of your life and where you've been and who you've been with to the world or even your friends list. Because let's be honest, uh, we we all have a lot of friends on Facebook that aren't true friends. We've never met them in real life. They share potentially looking at the uh, the surface, they share common uh, interests and common goals, but you know, I mean, a lot of people would probably take advantage of this and hide behind that secrecy to further their cause. I, I, I think it, you know, it's it's not just limited to the, the military families. It's, it's in all cases. You know, it, it even goes back to the old, uh, uh, you know, the old saying, you know, you don't tell people when you're going away on holidays. Um, but, you know, people <laughs> predominantly post that on Facebook or Twitter and then or Instagram and then post uh, pictures of their trip, uh, you know, uh, leaving yourself, um, you know, vulnerable to uh, possibly uh, people coming to your home when they know that you're not there. Oh, you know, uh, this- yeah, you take a photo and, and, you know, it's bad enough that it shows, hey, uh, here's a picture of the, the Disney castle. But then when it's geotagged with the location and date and time, they know exactly where you are. Yeah, It'll yeah. say, oh, they're in Florida right now. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know if you don't geotag it and don't put the date and time. Oh, they could be there. This could be from last week. Yeah. So we, we all have to be vigilant, you know. Uh, and now it's, it's very surprising. Military families appear to use social media at higher rates than civilians. Uh, now, according to data from the Pew Research Center, social media, as we know, is uh, it, it wasn't even around uh, when the Afghanistan war began. Uh, Facebook launched in 2004, almost exactly a year after the United States invaded Iraq. Uh, but now dozens of military spouses have blogs and Facebook caters uh, to that particular community. Uh, a 2014 survey by military advocates Advocacy group Blue Star Families found that 75% of the 6,200 respondents considered the use of social media to be very important. So they are using it. Um, like you said, you know, there's there's different steps you can use. I would even um, suggest private groups um, where, you know, if, if you uh, want to keep in contact with, um, you know, other military uh, families, uh, or, or alike, uh, confirm you know who you're dealing with first, and then invite them to a private group. That might be uh, another way of uh, keeping in contact. Uh, a little uh, less on the radar, though. Yeah, Google Hangout or something, something yeah. that's private. Or as we were talking about, we're using that Zello CB app. I mean, they have private right. rooms yeah. that you can chat with, and uh, you know, and th- that's it. It's invite only. Uh, by the way, I was using that again last week. Uh, well, you haven't been calling me, so I don't know who you're calling. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm getting myself in trouble. Yeah, yep. I turn it on All every right, day, so. and I see that you're not online. I'm like, oh, no. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you this week. All 10-4. right. 10-4. Now, um, Steve Jobs uh, said uh, Apple would never do and uh, certain things, and Apple is now doing them. Uh Steve Jobs was a notoriously stubborn individual with strong ideas about what made Apple's products great. But since Jobs' death in 2011, Apple has been slowly pushing back against some of its founders' most strongly held beliefs and doing things Jobs said would would never consider. Now, first of all, um, the stylus. 
this week in Apple, and it was suggested that the company's forthcoming iPad will ship with a stylus. One of Steve Jobs' most famous rants was about how much he hates styluses. In 2007, while introducing the iPhone at the Macworld convention in San Francisco, he mocked other smartphones of that era that featured styluses. Who wants a stylus, Jobs said, while introducing the iPhone. You have to get them, put them away, you lose them. Yuck, nobody wants a stylus, so let's not use the stylus. So, um, you know, now now Apple is, is going to introduce uh, the stylus. Uh, you're, you're a big Apple fan, Todd. Um, would, would you like to use a stylus with your iPad or iPhone? I actually have two. Um, oh. Now, I do like the accuracy of the stylus for certain things where you're choosing a, a, something from a selection box or if I'm drawing my signature. I find it a little bit easier to control a pen than my finger, believe it or not. Sure. But I do know for those people that are into graphics, they, they design their own comic books or they do artwork on on the iPad, I always see them use a stylus because they like yeah. the precision of, of it rather than their finger. Of course, yeah. Well, so, um, he Apple may have been believes. wrong. He may have been wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not too many times. No. But, uh, in, in this uh, particular case, uh, yes. And uh, I, um, I, it, it looks like they're going to uh, be moving, at least uh, with the iPads for now, and you know, possibly uh, the iPhones in the future. Now, um, next during Apple's iPhone. For kerfuffle in 2010, Steve Jobs made fun of big phones. <laughs> now, when a reporter asked him whether Apple would consider making a bigger iPhone to improve antenna reliability, Jobs scoffed. He called Samsung's Galaxy S phones um, uh, Hummers. <laughs> you can't get your hand around it, Jobs said. No one's going to buy that. Well, <laughs> here we are, 2014, and the Galaxy is selling pretty well, my friend. <laughs> and uh, the iPhone 6 Plus, which is their biggest phone yet, which is about the size of a Galaxy, is yes. selling well. And I got one because my 4S was cracked and dying. Um, but I found now it's it's an adequate replacement for my iPad. I don't need to bring my first generation uh, yes. iPad, which is dying as well because it's been dropped and everything. But I find it's just um, almost as good. I'm, I'm actually uh, looking forward to... Uh getting the iPhone 6 very shortly. Uh, my 4S is about uh, at its at its limit, yep. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited about the, the iPhone 6. So, yeah, you didn't have it too right on that one, too. <laughs> but um, finally, uh, philanthropy. Among the first things Jobs did in 1990, his 1997 return to Apple uh, was to end Apple's philanthropic giving programs. He said he wanted to bring Apple back to profitability, but he never reinstated the programs even after Apple posted some of the biggest profits ever recorded by a public company. Apple was prominently involved with Bono's uh, Red Charity for AIDS research, but Jobs himself was not a large donor. When Tim Cook took over as CEO in 2011, one of his first actions was to bring back Apple's donation matching program so i'm glad to see that they're you know they're turning uh, some some good profits and uh, they're giving back uh, through philanthropy that's always admirable yeah and he was never a big guy for that i, I remember his wife was uh, lauren who was a i read his biography and she was always into some uh 
you know, dinner or some helping kids yeah. with this, that, and the next thing. He never was. And he had the money and the will and the capacity to do it. So he didn't have the will. He had everything else. Right. So it's nice to see that Apple's uh, changing with the times because I think Absolutely. they have so much uh, power and, and public uh, awareness to do good that it stands to reason. That's right, man. You know, other tech giants, you know, like Bill Gates uh, that are, are giving back so much uh, that that he's bringing in <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's wonderful that's you know that's um, it, it makes the world a better place when companies uh, like that magnitude uh, are, are, are doing good for uh, people around the world yep. for sure well we're going to take a short break and LTS radio will be back after this Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Welcome back to the Link Through Social Media Tech and App Show, where we talk about, you know, social media, we talk about apps, and we also talk about cool technology. Perhaps you've got a cool piece of technology that you want us to review. Get in touch on Twitter, at Link Through Social, or at Listen Up Talk. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to LTS Radio on Listen Up Talk. Well, Todd, Snapchat, uh, are, are you uh, one of the, the people that use uh, this particular function? I do not. You don't? No. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> the, the Snapchat is really catering to the uh, 17 to 25-year-old demographic. And uh, this week, uh, in, a, in a bold move, is act, asking major retail brands for $750,000 a day for its new ads. Uh, that's reported by Adweek Weekly. Uh, the magazine, citing multiple industry sources, said the messaging app startup is apparently convinced of the value of a platform that reaches a teenage audience and has started asking brands for $750,000 a day commitments. Snapchat, which specializes in messages that self-destruct, only started running ads in October of last year. Uh, McDonald's, Samsung, Macy's, and Electronic Arts have been early Snapchat advertisers, Adweek reported. Um, some of the advertiser or potential advertisers thought ad rate, uh, this new ad rate is a bit pricey, uh, but Snapchat declined to comment uh, to the magazine. The firm has raised $485.6 million in venture funding, according to reports, and is expected by many observers to eventually go public. Indeed, it was listed as one of the most publicized tech startups back in 2014. 
wow, that's some big money for a startup. You know, it's funny because uh, we always hear, uh, do you remember like it's three to six months ago, Ello was the big social media, yes. the new, and I haven't been on there in months and I get the odd Ello request once in a while ago. Somebody, you know, friends me on Ello and I thought, oh my goodness. And it's like, is Snapchat going to be the next thing that people yeah, think is so big? It's, and it's in the, it's in the, uh, the abandoned shipyard, you know, just another, uh, ship that, uh, couldn't sail out to sea <laughs> in the tech world. Um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to relate to, to this app as well. Like I said, it's it's really uh, catering to a young uh, audience. But you know, this this young audience is is going to uh, get older, and then you have to almost rebrand to capture a newer audience. It's it's I don't know. Um, I give it a year time. <laughs> I you know I think it's got its purpose, but. Uh... Wow, I, you know, there's so much fierce competition, and we all know, you know, the 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 teens and the under twenties are leaving Facebook in droves because it's yes. just less than cool, and they're yeah, going and to they're changing very quickly to yeah, Vine and Instagram and things like that. But uh, yeah. you know, Facebook still got the leader; they're still holding a lot they of are. cards and a lot of money. Yeah, they're the king, and uh, but it, it just um, I, I don't know if it, it kind of surprises me that they they could raise. Over four hundred eighty-five million dollars in venture funding. You know these, you know these venture capitalists are still willing to uh, invest in these. I guess you know for for every hundred uh, that they invest in, you know you might get one major uh, breakthrough that does uh, stand the uh, test of time and, and sticks around. You but know? you know, you know what I think it is. Just quickly in closing, I think. These venture capitalists are thinking with their wallets. They're thinking, you know what? Uh, what was that that thing that uh, Facebook just bought a little while ago in the WhatsApp? How much did they pay? That's what they're thinking. They're thinking, let's throw this out there. And you know Zuckerberg's going to come with his checkbook in a couple of months because it's competition. And he's going to buy us out. We'll make a pretty penny. I think that's really what it's about. I don't think they necessarily think it's going to be the next big platform. But they think someone may pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, we'll uh, well we'll keep an eye on Snapchat and see how they uh, they do here in in 2015. Now, a, a really sad story uh, that hit Canada um, last week. Todd uh, Target uh, announced that it will close all of its 133 Canadian stores, affecting over 17,000 employees. Uh, just 22 months after they opened. Now, the subsidiary was projected to only make a profit by 2021. Now, by the end of 2015, Target, or sorry, the beginning of 2015, Target had lost $2.1 billion. Now, some analysts state that the Canadian stores lacked the U.S. Target experience, having a reduced selection and higher prices uh, than found in the U.S., leading to the lack of sales. Uh, I have my, you know, some uh, personal opinions about this as well, uh, Todd. Uh, unfortunately, my son was one of the employees affected uh, by this uh, major uh, layoff. And uh, I, I've, I've been taking a look at uh, what Target did in those first 22 months. And I, I think in the day and age that we live in now, they did not have an online shopping component for Canada. No, and that's funny too because I um, I 
just went there the other day to try and find something. And so I went to their website first to try and search and I couldn't find anything. It was like, really? Like you can even go to Walmart. You can go to Walmart and say, show me a modem, uh, show me socks, show me toothpaste and everything you, you know, you don't necessarily need to buy it online. You can, but at least you can see what they've got. You can see the brands, you can see, you know, the selection. Exactly, exactly. So they, they they didn't even have that or in, in I'm telling you the the to actually purchase uh, product uh, uh, online, you know it, it, it goes hand in hand uh, nowadays. You can't just run a, a major retailer like that without having both online and uh, the in-store uh, experience. Um, they were lacking, uh, I think, the the deals that people are used to if they travel down to the U.S. Um, and, and do cross-border uh, shopping. And um, a, a big thing I also noticed was that um, the computer system that they had set up here was definitely not in sync with their inventory. Uh, there were times where shelves were empty and uh, advertised sale items uh, weren't even arriving uh, to the store in time uh, to be in stock. So that uh, that definitely had a major effect on uh, potentially this uh, closing as well. Yeah, and I was never one of the ones that shopped in the States, but my mother-in-law was, and she right. was really excited because she thought, oh my God, we're going to get the same deals, we're going to yeah. get the same inventory. And this is critical. I think this is one of the biggest reasons, is people who would have shopped at Target in the States know the brand names that they would get down there, and I can't name any, but there would be a specific type of uh, women's clothing that would be available or certain types of appliances. So they go, wow, I don't need to drive down there. I'll just go to my local store. And they went there and they said, this stuff's all different. The prices aren't in line, and I can't find those brands I'm looking for. What is this? This isn't Target. No, no, it, it, it definitely wasn't the same experience. And uh, I guess that left a, a, a sour taste in people's mouth. Uh, now, who will fill the void? Or, Todd, is it necessary? Zellers. You know, we need Zellers back. <laughs> Bring back Zellers. Do you know there's we still... There's still two Zeller stores open in Canada, but they offer the um, what they are is they are clearance centers for HBC. So any yes. of the offline brands for HBC end up at these There's two Zellers. There's one Queensway, I believe. It's Queensway and. It's either Kipling or Islington. And I know there's one in uh, Ottawa. I discovered it uh, back in the summer. I couldn't believe it. I, I thought when I went into this, you know, it's a small uh, shopping uh, shopping mall, and uh, I saw the Zeller sign. I said, oh, well. You know, it's going to be closed down and, you know, this. Uh, but when I got there, I couldn't believe it. The The store was packed, but it was, yeah, it's all the uh, all the liquidation clearance um, from the past sellers and, yeah. and through the HBC uh, brand as well. Now, did you meet yeah. Zeddy? Was Zeddy there? Was he was he crying? No, he, he wasn't. <laughs> he probably had him tucked away in the back. He uh, was running a forklift still. in the back or something. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, maybe we should, uh, uh, you know, uh, get a, a hashtag trending, uh, bring back sellers uh, on Twitter and see if uh, we can uh, we could get them as old. I think there would be a lot of people that would welcome them back. But I think uh, Walmart's pretty, you know, entrenched right now. I think so. But I mean, who knows? There's that there's that that name, you know, if that name came back. It would be kind of like welcoming a long lost relative. I think there'd be yeah. a lot of interest. Or, uh, you know, dare we say uh, Kmart, uh, Wolco. <laughs> Wolco. 
There you go. What? Supers distributing. Bargain Heralds. There you go. Byway. Oh, here oh we go. Byway. Yeah, I used to buy cheap cassettes there, blank cassettes. They were great for that. They were. They were. I remember the big, long, uh, it was like 10 or 12 in a pack that, you know, were in one of those long plastic yeah. uh, uh, packaging there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. We are masters of retail, my friend. We could we uh, could sink many businesses. No, uh, we're, we're going to bring back Byway. It's going to be a success six months later. Yes. Sorry, guys. We yeah, lost your money. <laughs> now, Todd, Facebook knows you better than your family. Uh, probably. Oh, my goodness. A computer can determine your personality better than your closest friends, family, um, or, uh, you know, coworkers by using your Facebook lights, likes to judge your character. University re- researchers have found. Uh, the study of 86,220 volunteers highlighted how artificial intelligence can use data to accurately predict a person's traits. The researchers at the University of Cambridge and Stanford dubbed the findings an important milestone towards more social human computer interactions. The findings show that by analyzing just 10 likes on Facebook, the computer could more accurately predict a uh, subject's personality than a work co- colleague. With 70 likes, it could know more about someone than their friends, and with about 150 likes, it would be more knowledgeable than a family member. With 300 likes, it could determine your personality better than a spouse, although an average Facebook user has about 227 likes, the researcher pointed out. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's scary. Yeah, really, uh, really scary. Um, so Facebook is, uh, is I don't know, they're taking over the world. <laughs> well, then they, they use that data and then they share it with uh, with my yeah. friends. So my friends learn more about me. <clears throat> there you go. There you go. Well, we're, um, we're going to take a short break. But before we do, we'll talk to, uh, talk about, can we just uh, stop that part? Yeah. Well, just before we take a break, I uh, just want to talk about one other uh, item quickly, Todd. Uh, a portable blood test in a box to give instant diagnosis. Now, for most of us, a blood test begins with a needle, a syringe, and the promise it will all be over quickly. Mm-hmm. But at the end, <laughs> testing blood often requires transporting the vial to a clinic, a range of laboratory equipment, and train um technicians and doctors to get an accurate accurate result. The whole process can take days and in some case even weeks. But imagine if you could put the whole laboratory in a portable unit that delivered a reading immediately. Now one Irish company says it has developed a solution, a clinic in a box that can test for a range of diseases or medical conditions in minutes from just a single drop of blood. The physicians were crying out for a simple-to-use device, says Jerry O'Brien, a farmer's son from Cork who broke with the family tradition to pursue a career in healthcare. After six years of research and development, O'Brien's Cork-based company, Radisson's Diagnostics, came up with its Gemini prototype. Cartridges packed with tiny beads with a molecular coating specific to the disease that is being investigated are loaded into the machine. A drop of blood is spun with the beads and any disease molecules present in the blood sample appear in the form uh, long chains. 
Analyzing these samples under a green light immediately shows how much of the disease is present in the sample. Now, doctors would be equipped with, uh, sorry, equipped with cartridges specific to the diseases they may be diagnosing from heart or liver disease to diabetes. Now, one of the advantages of the system, says O'Brien, is that doctors can reinforce their medical advice with an instant diagnosis. For instance, if you can get the diagnostic or monitoring test there and then the physician can look you in the eye and say, you've been managing your health, uh, you haven't been managing your health well, uh, when you come back in three months' time, I want to see better test results. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot better than uh, lying down and having to leave your doctor's office to go to the clinic to do the blood work. Uh, I love the idea because I hate giving blood. <laughs> I do too, yeah. And I think, um, again, it's all about expediency, trying to get things done in a faster manner rather than waiting. And then they have to fax the results to your doctor. So it's an uh, improvement. Yeah, yeah, really, uh, really good idea. And hopefully um, they'll uh, continue with this and uh, it will be available uh, to the doctors uh, here in Canada and the United States uh, really soon. LTS Radio will be back after this message. Welcome back to LTS Radio. Well, this week's social media shout-out goes out to the No Hair Selfie app. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show, but I definitely thought we should give it a social media shout-out because it's doing a wonderful job to raise awareness for cancer research. So don't forget, on February 4th, use the hashtag No Hair Selfie and either download the app or shave your head and include your selfie in the post to help raise um, awareness for cancer research. Uh, you can go to nohairselfie.com to get the app and for sure use the hashtag nohairselfie. Well, that concludes this edition of the Link Through Social Media Tech and App Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Please share and spread the word about our show and continue the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag LTS Radio. You can follow me at LinkThroughTHRUSocial and make sure you send in your questions, comments, and show ideas. We'll see you next Thursday at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern on Listen Up Talk Radio. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>